you know, during worship. Ah, the Lord was showing me a high priest in his garments. And it, uh, it's that Melchizedek anointing. Jesus, the high priest in the order of Melchizedek, he will live forever. And he's the one that collects the tithes and the offerings from us. I saw him here receiving our tithes and our offerings and bringing them before God. And he's, he's royalty. And family, when we sing songs, when we praise, it's to take off the spirit of heaviness. You're putting on a garment of praise. It's a garment of strength. Because what it does is it drives out fear. It drives out, it drives out depression. It drives out hopelessness. And what it does is it, is it shakes the enemy that's trying to grip you. Because the enemy wants to take the seat of your spirit captive. The soul is the seat of the spirit. And if he can take your mind, your will, your emotions, your imagination captive with fear, then he can use the screen of your imagination to, proje to project destruction. And what you believe in the heart and begin to speak, you walk into, you begin to create. Because death and life are in the power of the tongue. But I want you to know that the imagination is God's holy movie screen where He wants to display His goodness that He's prepared for your life. Before the foundation of the world, He wrote in a book every day that He had planned for you. And the thoughts of God towards you are innumerable. And all His thoughts are goodness and only good things. God has only got good thoughts about you. And I tell you what. When you go to the tent of meeting and you spend time in His presence and you make a practice of it, it is in that place that God will give you vision. It is in that place that God will put faith in your heart. You will see beyond the circumstances and you will see the plans and the purposes of God for your life. And when you see those things, the light of God shines in the heart Faith gets deposited because you believe the thing God showed you will come to pass and you begin to walk towards it. That's living by faith. Look beyond what you see. Most people just see the circumstances around them. And I thank you, Lord, that you're giving us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to know. What the mind of Christ has to say. Can you say amen? So I don't know where I am, but that's where I was. Let me remind you what the Lord said, for us, said to us for this year. Number one, the Lord showed me four pictures. Say four pictures. <clears throat> the first picture that the Lord showed me for 2023 was an east wind blowing. Say an east wind blowing. Say, well, what on earth is the east wind? If you read uh, the story of Moses, when they were stuck, the Israelite army were behind them. They were stuck at the Red Sea. They couldn't cross. It looked like destruction. The promise was on the other side, but they had no way of getting there. How many of you have promises in your life that seem like they're far away and there's something between you and that promise, and it's like impossible to get to it? Well, the east wind, when the east wind blew, it split the Red Sea. 
and created a dry ground and a path. It made a way where there seems to be no way to transition you from the one side, the thing that's impossible, into the possible. So that's the season we're in. The things that are impossible that God has promised, He's going to make a way for you to enter that thing. The limitations are being removed. And we are in a season of transition. Say transition. That means your life is shifting. There's some things that the Lord wants to shift and move in your life, but you have to be careful. Look at the person next to say, you've got to be careful that you transition the right way. And we'll get into that. We'll talk about wisdom's ways. There's a lot of transition happening, shifting, moving. People from one country to another country, one place to another place. There's a lot of transition going on. But you got to make sure that you're moving by the Spirit and not moving in the flesh. And you need to make sure that you're getting the wisdom of God to make sure that you're doing the right thing at the right time with the right people. Not getting ahead of God, but also not lagging behind. Say transition. The second picture that the Lord showed me was the picture of an angel on a horse with a sword drawn going down a road into a victorious battle. That means that the things that God has promised you, the things the Lord has said to you, He's made a way for you to enter into that battle and be victorious. You're not going into a losing battle. The thing that He's putting you into is a victorious battle because even as we read with Moses, He sent an angel to drive out the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites. God is sending an angel ahead of you to remove the enemy, destroy the enemy, so you can take what rightfully belongs to you. The third picture that the Lord showed me was strange. I didn't really understand it at first. But all I saw was darkness, a thick cloud of dense, deep darkness. And right through the center of it was a, like a skylight to see into the galaxies. And the Lord said to me that even in the time of darkness, when there is darkness all around my people will see into my glory and they will tap into strategies that they will bring to earth to speak order into chaos, to bring solution to problems. And God was going to use those strategies to increase you and bring you into promotion. And the fourth thing the Lord showed me was an almond tree budding. You say an almond tree. Jeremiah 1, 11 and 12 says, Then the Lord said to me, Look, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I replied, I see a branch from an almond tree. And then the Lord said to me, You have seen well. And he explains what it means. For I am watching over my word to perform it. That means that the things that the Lord has promised you, His word will not fall to the ground. Isaiah, you might say Isaiah. Let's read that. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 through 13. 
It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Look at the person next to you and tell them you need to get God's thoughts about your life. And you need to figure out God's way of doing things. Say practical wisdom. Remember a couple of weeks ago we did a series on talking on the benefits of wisdom. Say the benefits of wisdom. When you discover wisdom, you need to get understanding with it. You need to practically learn how to apply wisdom to produce wealth. Because that's what wisdom does. It'll honor you, give you long life. It'll give you wealth. It'll give you health. It'll bring security to you. It'll bring peace to you. It'll bring joy to you. Amen. And so when God gives you a word, when God gives you a promise, when God says, I'm going to do this in your life, how many of you have had a dream lately? I told you that in this season, God was going to start speaking to you in dreams and depositing things into your heart. Maybe there's some of you in this place that have dreams in seasons past. When you have a dream, it is the word of the Lord that is being deposited into your heart. But there is a way to birth the word. Look at the person next to you and say, there is a way to birth spiritual seed. Even as Mary, she was a virgin, the angel Gabriel came to visit her and told her that she was highly favored of the Lord. Then the angel went on to say that you will conceive and you will give birth to a son and told him his name, told him who he would be, to his kingdom there would be no end. And Mary looked at the angel and said, how can this be? I am a virgin. I don't know a man. And then the angel said, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. Look at the person next to you and say, Holy Spirit, rest on me. See, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, the presence of the Lord comes upon you. You have these face-to-face -face moments with God, and then God speaks rhema, living word, living seed into the heart. And behind every word of God is the breath of God, the ruach, the breath of the Spirit. And the breath of the Spirit has the ability to take bone, put it together, and add flesh to it. The breath of the Spirit has the ability to take man formed out of the dust of the ground and make him a living body. And so when the breath of the Spirit and the Word of God come, you have creative power to create things that don't exist in your life. Death and life in the power of your tongue. That's why your words are important. That's why you're supposed to decree things. That's why you're supposed to speak things. You say what God says. You speak in line with what God has written on the tablet of the heart. We're not living under the old covenant. We're living under the new covenant. It's not written on tablets of stone. It's written on the tablet of your heart. So when God, you have these moments with Him, He writes on your heart the future. And now when you pray, you pray according to what is written. When the enemy comes against you, you speak according to what is written. You don't need to go to a book. It comes out of the breath of life, what has been written on your heart by the pen of God. should calm down. I might get taken to heaven in a whirlwind. We're going to be together for sure, babe. I know we are. Oh, 
You say, why are you so excited? Because I know what a sinner, sinner's life I lived, separated from God's presence. I know all my failures. I know all the, I tried with all my heart to be successful and I failed at everything I did. But then when God showed up, not some fake God, the real Holy Ghost, the real encounters with God, when He showed up in my life, my life has only been a blessing. I've only been blessed. Uh-huh. The goodness of God keeps getting better and better and better to the point where I have to slap myself and pinch myself and say, something bad has to happen, but it only just keeps getting better. In the midst of it, there's tests and there's trials and there's resistance, but we are already victorious and we're conquering and we're taking territory and to His kingdom, there will be no end. What God has called us to do will never end and it's generational. It's going to pass from us to the next generation and we're going to see legacy happen. Can I get an amen? I just want to fall out here and lie down for a minute. Let me read. No, seriously, because when you know these things, when you understand these things, when these things become real to you, 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 you just, you just, you, you are beside yourself. <laughs> you just, you just like, oh my God, God is so good to me. How can I even think that he doesn't love me? How can I think that he's been unfaithful? How could I ever do anything to grieve his spirit? After all he has done for me, I would not be alive today had it not been for the mercy and the grace of God. I would not only be six feet under, but I would be in Gehenna, baby. The lake of fire. And so it's only His mercy and His grace that I stand here today. My life belongs to God. I'll go where He tells me to go. I'll say what He tells me to say. It's not my will. It's only His will that I'm here for. The only reason I stand here is to remove everything that's keeping you from having a relationship with Him. The enemy's plan is to divide and conquer, but God called me to restore relationship between you and him so you can prosper. Because when you find his face, when you find his presence, there's only one way, and that's up. And I tell you, I've never been more excited. Never. So let me read Isaiah. When I was in Kickstart a couple of weeks ago, I got to Acts chapter 8 and I said now, and I couldn't get beyond the word now. I got so whacked, I was lying on the floor here in the middle of my class, all dressed up, looking ridiculous. And here I am again trying to read this, and the minute I look at the scripture, it just like, <sighs> it just shakes me. I can speak, I tell you, I promise you. I have the ability to preach. I have the ability to read. I don't have to put on a show. I really, I'm not trying to be weird. I'm just trying to read the scripture. We are streaming this. I have no intention of looking like an idiot online either. Okay? I have no intention to look stupid right now. I wouldn't dress this way if I tried to look stupid up here. Verse 10, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth 
and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I have sent it. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so God has got a way of birthing things through you. Even as Mary was impregnated and nine months later gave birth to the Son of God, when God speaks His Word on the inside of you, all you do is say, Lord, I don't understand it, but be it unto me according to your Word. And let the Word do what it needs to do. Because in the Word, say the Word of God is seed. And when the Word of God comes into the heart, all you have to do is hold on to it. You have to believe it. Say, my job is to believe and speak. That's how faith works. When God speaks a rhema, a living Word into you, your job is to hold on to it. Your job is to speak it. Your job is to pray according to it. Your job is to believe it. Your job is to declare it. And watch God create it in your life. Can I get an amen? amen? But you have to walk it out. Look at somebody and say, there are things that you have to do to see the Word of God become a reality in your life. To move from the heart, from the unseen to the seen, from the invisible to the natural. See, every time... I have a problem with people that say God spoke to me, but their lives are always a mess and their lives never get better. Because every spiritual revelation should have practical application. So maybe you are hearing the voice of God, but you have no clue how to take what He said and make it applicable to your life. And you have to understand God's way of doing it. I remember in the beginning, I had no clue how to do it. And so the Lord would speak to me. I wouldn't consult anyone. I didn't understand the process of birthing a word. I would just think I could do it in my own strength. So I'd run ahead of God and fall on my face. Then when I got married, she's brutal. Then when I got married, you know, I thought I'd just tell my wife what the Lord said and she'd just be right on board with me. Well, And so she let me go run my little race all by my lonesome. And then when I'd fall on my face, I'd come back and she'd be like, I told you. Say, so there is a way to do it. And we want to share with you some practical wisdom on how to do it so that you don't fall on your face. Now, I speak from complete experience in this. I have failed miserably many, many times. But you know what? There's two ways you learn. Look at the person next to you. Say, there's two ways you learn. You learn from wisdom, somebody else's mistakes, or you learn from pain, your mistakes. But either way, you're going to learn. You just choose the road. You're going to learn. So Mark chapter 4, verse 26 through 29, we're talking about the promises of God, the things God has spoken to us. The almond tree is going to be budding. God's promises are going to be born in the season. And you're going to have the strategy on how to get it done right. That's what we're giving you. The practical wisdom on how to make it happen. 
Can I get an amen? You're going into a victorious battle because you know how to fight. Can I get an amen? You're not fighting in the flesh. You know you've got God on your side. I was saying this earlier and I forgot. But when you have praise, you're putting on a garment of praise to break things off your life. But when you worship, look at the person next to you and say, you got to sing the songs. We don't have the song lyrics up here just for fun. We have the song lyrics up here so you can sing the words. You say, well, why do I have to sing the words? Because it's scripture, number one. We don't sing la-la-la songs. We sing songs according to the word of God. But the Lord showed me one day in an encounter. I was walking out of my office into the worship service, and I felt the river of God. Everybody say the river of God. Say, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And I felt the river of God. I felt it flow out of me before, but the river of God was flowing up on the inside of me. I could tangibly feel a river flowing in me, and it got stuck at my tongue. And as I began to sing the words, the river began to flow out of my mouth. But before it came out of my mouth, it actually went over my mind and out of my mouth. And the Lord said to me, when you worship, I clean your mind. He washes your mind with the water of the word so that your mind is clean. That's why we worship. Can I get an amen? And so when you get hold of the word of God, when you get hold of the seed of God, now, now, there's two ways to do this. Look at the person next to you say, there's two ways to do this. One, you can go to the Bible, which is full of seeds. It's a book of seeds. It's a book of promises. You are earth. Look at the person next to you say, you're made from the dust of the ground. Say, seeds grow on the inside of you. Say, words are seeds. What seed are you planting in your ground? What seed are you holding on to? What seed are you retaining? You are a garden. Whatever you hold on to and speak and sing about and meditate on will grow in you. So if you're listening to Pitbull, you're listening to some of these rapper clowns. You're listening to music full of cussing, sleeping around, smoking dope, doing drugs, being crazy, what do you think your life is going to produce? What are you meditating on day and night? Is it, I know who I am? What goes in the eyes, what goes in the ears, goes into the heart. And you've got to guard your heart with all diligence. Because the enemy's number one purpose is to steal the seed that was sown so it doesn't produce a harvest. Because the minute that thing begins to produce a harvest, the blessing of God will hit your life. And I want to see fruitful lives around here. We're not living in the flesh. We're not sowing into the flesh because God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he's going to reap. You sow into the flesh, you're going to reap death and corruption. But if you sow into the Spirit, you're going to reap life everlasting. And so I want to make sure I'm putting stuff in me and being around people that are going to confirm what's in me, that are going to, they're going to give me faith when I'm struggling to believe. What is faith? What is faith? Faith has to stand in the midst of opposition. 
Because what God speaks to you isn't in your life. It's a promise that you've got to walk into. But all of life is coming against you. And you've got to say, I don't care what the circumstances say. I don't care what the bank says. I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what anything else says. The only thing I care about is what God said. And God said, that is my portion. That is my promised land. And I'm going to persevere until I lay hold of the prize. I'm going to get it. It's a violent thing. There's no lying around thinking your faith is going to produce. You've got to put your hand to it. You've got to look at the circumstances and say no. Let me tell you what seed does. Let me read a scripture. Calm down, my blood pressure. Mark chapter 4, verse 26 through 29. The parable of the growing seed. And he said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Day and night or night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle into it. Because the harvest has come. So two ways to do this. You've got to go to the written word of God and find seed and meditate on it and meditate on it and meditate on it and pray into it and declare it and speak it day and night before your eyes, out of your mouth. And there'll come a moment where that word of God will come alive inside of you. And you'll say, oh my goodness, did you see that? Who's had one of those aha moments? That's when the word of God comes alive in you. That's one way to do it. The second way to do it is get in the presence of God. The presence of God comes on you, and then God speaks directly to you face to face. Say the covenant of the Spirit. That's what we're living in. In the old covenant, he lived in a box. The presence could only come on the prophet, the priest, and the king. In the new covenant, God doesn't live in a box. He lives on the inside of you, the new creation, as he walked with man in the garden. Can I get an amen? And then God speaks and writes on the tablet of your heart, and you live by the Spirit, following the light road that opens up in you when God talks to you. It is a private road that you walk alone with God because he shows you things that nobody else can see. Can I get an amen? But when it comes alive on the inside of you, how do you walk this thing out? Firstly, it's got to take root in you. Say, take root. The Word springs alive, and you have to meditate on it until it gets established in you first. Don't go running around trying to make the Word work until it's really rooted in you. Pray into it. Declare it. Press God, what are you really saying? The Bible says in, in the book of Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 4, 7, Wisdom is the principal thing. Get it. And in all you're getting, get understanding. So when God gives you wisdom, because that's, that's what the Word of God is now. It's the wisdom of God. He gives you wisdom for your life. You have to understand the wisdom. So don't go running down the road trying to make it happen until you understand what God is actually saying. Can I get an Amen. And so once it's rooted in you and you, it's established in you, how do you do that? You declare it. You meditate on it. You worship. You read the word concerning things that God has for you. You read scripture in line with it. 
And what does that do? It waters it. It nourishes it. It gets rooted and grounded on the inside of you. Then what happens next? It pushes through the ground and things in the natural start moving. Look at the person next to you and say, when God's ready to shift you, God's ready to transition you, your circumstances and your life will be out of control. And most people don't like being out of control, so they suppress things and try to control things, but God's trying to shift you. And then we blame the devil. It's the devil. No, it's God moving the ground, moving the natural to make way for the new thing that He wants to birth in your life. Can I get an amen? And if you're a control freak and think everything's the devil then you're not going to let God do what He needs to do through you. You have to trust the Word, and things start getting uncomfortable. And when things get uncomfortable, don't look for problems. Well, I don't think they want me on this job anymore. I don't think my boss likes me. You start coming up with a reason to leave. You start coming up with things in your mind, why things are feeling weird, The reason things are feeling weird is because God wants to shift you. But there's a transition period. And there's nothing wrong with the people. It's just a new season for you. And if you stayed comfortable, you wouldn't leave that place. So God has to make things uncomfortable for you. But don't come up with problems and don't burn your bridges. Can I get an amen? Can you see how God works? Things in the natural start feeling weird. I don't know about this anymore. I feel like something new is coming. And then things start happening at work where you start feeling uncomfortable. Then you start blaming the people around you and having this heart condition with people around you. It has nothing to do with that. It's just God moving you into a new season and you've got to recognize it. And if you are trigger happy where everything pulls on your emotions, you need to get that under control. People are not out to get you. I need to chill out right now. You can't wear your emotions on your sleeve when somebody says the littlest thing to you that you freak out. If you're living in freak out 10 times out of your day, you need to check yourself. Be nice. Be nice, Nick. Yeah, I should probably say that. The reason you get offended is because you're full of pride. And the people that are spiritually mature trying to help you, you won't listen to them. So when you get hurt, you blame the church. But there was pride in you that had to be rooted out and you wouldn't let the process happen. So you bailed the process before your time and you wouldn't submit. I'm feeling it now. I feel like I just cracked open a can of worms here. Who is your pastor? Who is your spiritual authority? Who do you submit things to when it comes to the things of the Spirit? Because somehow you think you know it all because God spoke to you. And there is spiritual authority in the body of Christ. And because people live in rebellion and have pride, they won't submit and humble themselves so they can be promoted. And you got to choose. You can go do it the world's way or you can do it God's way. Can I get an amen?
And I want to show you the right way to do it so that you don't keep going around the mountain again and again, walking from church to church to church to church and going around that mountain and you're never breaking into the promises of God for your life. And you have to submit yourself to authority. I am fully submitted to my authority. Getting rebuked, is it fun? No. But is it necessary? Yes. Why? Because God corrects those He loves. And if God doesn't have room to correct you, then you're not a son of God. You're an illegitimate child. And the only reason God corrects us is because He loves us. And I've had the Lord rebuke me personally many times. And in that moment, you feel like this small. And you weep. You're like, God, I'm sorry. But I pray every day and I say, God, check my heart. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. If there's anything in me that is against your way or your will, root it out of me, God. I want to be holy and I want to be pure. I want to be someone after your heart. I want to be someone that does great things for you in the earth, Lord God. I want to be a, a bride of Christ where I birth the will of God season by season. Spiritual birthings of the word of the Lord into the earth. His will being done. And so God, whatever is in the way of you moving through me to have your way, take it out of me because that is resistance against the will of God. And the last thing I needed to be, to be is a resistance to the Holy Ghost. And so who is your spiritual authority? Say, so, well, how do I know how to do it right? Number one, say number one. You've got to humble yourself. Say, be humble. Stop thinking you know it all. The Bible says in the book of James, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God and he'll give it to him. So you've got to go to God and you say, God, I need wisdom. That is your first step. Say the first step. Ask God for the wisdom for your life. And God will not judge you. He will not condemn you for asking. And he'll give you the wisdom you're asking for. But you need to seek it. Can I get an amen? You've got to spend some time with the Lord. You've got to get yourself a tender meeting where you go before the Lord and talk to the Lord. If you don't have a place where you talk to God, how are you going to receive things by the Spirit? If you don't have intimacy with your husband or your wife, how are you going to get pregnant and have kids? You've got to have a place of intimacy to birth things. And you're invited into the chamber of the king as a bride to birth things for the king. Can I get an amen? James 1.5, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously without finding fault and it will be given unto him. Proverbs 3.5 and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. So you personally have to come before the Lord because through Jesus Christ, you have access to talk to God. And you've got to ask the Lord the wisdom He has for your life. And then you come before the Lord and say, God, I'll go where you want me to go. Say, I've got to surrender my life to do it His way. Can I get an amen? amen. Number two, Colossians chapter 3.15 says, And let the peace, soul harmony which comes from Christ's rule act as an umpire continually in your hearts. 
deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state to which as members of Christ, one body you were called to live and be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. So number two, once you've prayed, when you think about the thing that you have to do, that the Lord wants to lead you to do, do you have peace about it? If you do not have peace in your heart and you keep getting a red flag, something in your heart, that is a check, that is a red, that is a red light, that is a yellow light warning you, don't do it. Who knows that on the inside of him? The Holy Ghost speaks through your conscience. If you have this red flag, scratchy, something going on, then don't override your conscience. You don't override your conscience. You have to let peace lead you and guide you. Can I get an amen? amen. Number three, Genesis chapter 2, verse 4. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and they shall become one flesh. If you are married, then you don't do things without talking to your spouse because you are one. Say one. You can't have 50% in agreement. You have to have 100% agreement. Can I get an amen? And if your wife isn't ready to take the step, then you don't push it. Because the Lord, if you're both in the Lord, then you're supposed to do it together. And there is a check system. Usually the way that it works with us is if, I, if, if I'm feeling it and my wife is not feeling it, then I know, number one, the Lord has to speak to her, firstly. Or number two, it's not the right timing. But there always comes a day where we get into agreement, and when there's the power of agreement, one can put a thousand, but two can put tens of thousands to flight. The power of agreement comes, and now we know that the doors are open, we both are in unity, and we can step on what we believe the Lord is telling us to do. It's not a no, it's just a wait. Are you with me? I'll share a real life example. When we started the church back in 2008, I had an encounter with the Lord. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you're going to sell everything. You're going to give it to the poor. And you're going to follow after me. And then he called me into the ministry. And he took me through this whole thing. He put vision in me and the whole trip. I went to my wife. I said, baby, I had an encounter with the Lord. <clears throat> the Lord told us we need to sell everything, give it to the poor, and that we need to start the ministry. And she looked at me sideways and said, no. We have two kids. We have bills. We have responsibility. We have preschool. We've got car payments. We have got insurance. We've got cell phones. We've got to eat. We've got credit card debt. Am I talking to anyone? We've got responsibilities of life. If we start the ministry, how are we going to survive? And so I was like, okay, fine. Hurt my feelings. I went to the Lord. I said, Lord, if this is really what you want us to do, you're going to have to talk to my wife. Because I'm not convincing her. A couple of days later, 3 a.m. in the morning, the wind of God blew into our bedroom. Woke Misty up, face-to-face -face conversation with her, and confirmed everything the Lord said to me. You know, when God spoke to Mary, he didn't go to Joseph and say, Hey, Joseph, let me tell you what's about to happen. No. Mary, the Lord confirms it to her. And then when, when we hear what the Lord has to say, now we're in agreement by the Spirit. And when you're in agreement with your spouse by the Spirit, what God has said, there is, you're unstoppable. 
Because there's never going to be a moment where she's reserved or I'm reserved waiting for them to fail because they didn't include me in it. And I tell you, when you're in one mind and one accord in the things of God, you become unstoppable. And the thing you set out to do, you'll see it happen. Can I get an amen? amen. Say number four. And we'll end here today. Number four is you've got to submit it to spiritual counsel. Now, I'm going to say this because I should, but let me read the scripture first. Proverbs eleven fourteen: where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. I'm going to say this. There's a lot of religious institutions that have messed this up. Where you go to religious people that don't have the counsel of God, that don't really care about you. They just want to use you to build their little kingdoms. And so you come to them with what the Lord says to you and they shut you down. They don't give you advice. They don't help you. They don't help you step and birth into the thing that the Lord has for you because they're jealous. Nobody's shouting me down right now. And the last thing you want to do is go tell them your sins because then they'll use your sins against you to control you and manipulate you. And when you come out of that ministry, your life is in a worse condition than when you went in there. That's what religion does. It shuts the door to the kingdom. They don't go in and they won't let you in either. Can I get an amen? But I'm telling you right now, not in this house. In this house, we love the people of God. In this house, we know that you belong to the Lord. In this house, we know that we are accountable to God. I'm going to stand before the Lord and give an account. Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they watch over your souls as those who must give an account. There will be a reckoning for me to stand before the Lord And if I stopped you from stepping into something God wanted for you, that's going to be on me. And so there is no way that I'm getting in the Holy Ghost's way. Our heart is to see you step into the fullness of who you are and what God has for you. Can I get an amen? So when you're ready to make a shift, find some counsel that you can come to that's going to give you advice because they know God and they love you. And they have already proven that they live by faith and you can follow their example. You look at what we've built by faith and you can say, okay, these people must know something. You don't need to go talk to people who do nothing, have built nothing, have a lot of opinions, but can't give you practical advice on how to get it done. Take a look at somebody's life. Look at their marriage. Look at their children. The Bible says, if you can't keep your house in order, if you're not faithful to your wife, if you're a heavy drinker, then don't worry about those people. Don't spend time with those people because they don't meet the qualifications of a leader in the house of God. If you cannot manage your own house, how are you going to manage the house of God? Take a look. Open your eyes. Don't go by what people say or how they dress or how they carry themselves with wise and persuasive words. Look at the fruit of their lives and make a decision. If I need marriage advice, how's their marriage? If I need advice with my kids, how are their kids? If I need money advice, how, how are they doing with their finances? You can't have the blind leading the blind. Because you'll both fall into a ditch. Why am I being so strong? I don't know, but it's just coming out of me like it is. Because I'm tired of seeing people fail. They don't listen. 
I talk to people around here, and it's like it falls on deaf ears. I know, my wife and I know how to get you from where you are into the thing God asked for you, but you won't listen and you won't do what we tell you. And as long as you're going to stay stubborn and full of pride, you're going to face a fall. And you will go around the mountain again and again and again. Let me tell you something. I have people from outside of this church that honor and respect my wife more than some of the people in this church. Because they'll drive miles, hundreds of miles to come get counsel from us. But the very people that have access to our office won't even talk to us. And that's on you. But I'm here to tell you, God put us here for you. And we're not trying to shut you down. We're trying to help you. But you're not my friend. I am your pastor. If you choose to submit to this ministry. You opened up my eyes to so much more. I saw the scene shattering. The moment you came down and hit the floor. I feel your fear.